Hi, I'm Caroline. And I'm James. And this is Outsourced. Each week, we'll be discussing different topics around freelancing and being self-employed. Thanks for listening to Outsourced. Enjoy. Hello, and welcome back to another week of Outsourced with me, James, and Caroline. Hello. I didn't know if I was going to say, and me, Caroline, then, like a newsreader. It's like you'd think that we don't plan our intro. <laughs> This is a well-oiled machine by now. <laughs> How are you? I'm excellent, thank you. Really good, really good. good. The sun's starting to come out, which I makes... Know. How good does that feel? Makes us feel a bit better and a bit more a bit more chipper in the morning. Yeah, alive, alive. basically, yeah. is the start. Exactly. So, how about yourself? Uh, yeah, I'm feeling good, thanks. Um, I do think the sunshine makes a huge difference, especially if you you are working from home, because... You can go some days without getting outdoors. And we just heard on the news that February was the wettest February since records begun. Yeah, which we, I think we... We kind of knew we that. We kind of knew that. It was, it was a storm every weekend, wasn't it? Yeah, so um, I do think that actually it's quite nice to have a bit of sun. Yeah. Feeling good, yeah. Cool. Today we've got quite a lot to talk about. The topic is how to organise your freelance life. And as you can imagine, I'm sure, there are quite a lot of different topics that go into that subject. Um, we've, we've got to talk about things like the programmes that you can use, accounting software, your emails. So it's quite a, quite a packed podcast episode. I guess yeah, we I, have a, I have a feeling that we might have to span this into two or have a another episode afterwards. We'll see. see. We'll see how we, see get, how we on. get on. Okay. Well, let's let's get going. Yeah, I think organisation is a really important sort of foundation for any freelance or self-employed person because, like we've said before, you don't have that team or network to to fall back on or to rely on. So it is all down to yourself to organise your emails, your accounts, your to-do lists, your your client relationships, the actual projects you get done, your pipeline. There's a lot to organise, and in in an office scenario or in a in a in a bigger organisation scenario, you normally get to pass those things off, and you can rely on other people to be organised for you, uh, if if that's not your skill set. So I think being freelance or self-employed, you have you don't have a choice but to be organised because I think if you if you're not then that's probably the first thing that's going to let you down and, and not make you fail. That's probably a bit dramatic, but that's certainly going to hinder your success. Definitely. Uh, and as a caveat to that, actually, I think that it's really difficult as a self-employed person to not go over the top with the amount of, of programs and things that you download and try. Because I've done it before. When I first started freelancing, I downloaded every single type of software that was supposed to help freelancers and found that I spent most of my time managing all my software rather than doing any work. Yeah, I was going to say, we'll probably come on to this because I can see you've got your notes um, next to you. Because I'm organised. Because you're always organised, exactly. <laughs> but we're not necessarily going to be organisational experts, but what we have done is spent the last 10 years trialling things, seeing what works for us, and then we can then obviously apply that to if that works for you, then great. If not, you might have to go through this process as well of trying things, not liking them or finding it a really useful tool. So, yeah, I guess this this we're not going to have the answer, but it's more of our, what, what we found that works for us. And things that we have tried. 
Um, yeah, so we, yeah, we've uh, tried a, a lot. Of we have there. over the last few years, especially because I think everyone, every different client that you work with will have a different way of working. So over the years, we have tried a lot of different t- um, management software, um, a lot of different ways to communicate as well so things like slack um and i think that that has helped us to get quite a a broad overview of of the industry and the things that you can use the things that we like as well as some tips about how to use the tools that we do use because sometimes they can become quite overwhelming i think so yeah let's Let's dive in, I guess, with with the prep, because I think that that's where it seems like a natural place to start. And let's talk about organising ahead of time. Now, I touched on this in last week's episode because I said I always organise on get myself organised on a Sunday. And I think that there is a huge value in starting your week by planning your week mm-hmm. uh, do you do that as well yeah um i think yeah again we we did mention we did it last week it. but i just outlined everything i feel like i need to get done in the week and then i split that into days based on my schedule and priorities yeah and and i plan it, i do pretty much the same thing apart from i do it on a sunday night and i also add in things that are happening throughout the week that are not work related I don't know, do you do that as well or not? Sometimes, yeah, sometimes. I always add in errands and exercise. They're my two main things. Because I think that if I plan a really full day and then I get to the day and I think, oh, I haven't got time to do anything else. I mean, you've still got to do the things like, I don't know, doing the washing, exercising, going to the gym, doing whatever you want to do in your average day. And as a self-employed person you get to enjoy not doing those in the evenings or over weekend when everyone else is doing them yeah so uh, i would say it's a really good tip to try and plan things like errands even if it's something as simple as going to get your hair done if you're going to do that within your week you need to make sure that you've planned enough time and always give yourself a little bit of extra time because I think that's it's better than trying to stuff things in and then not having enough time to do it. I, I think that comes from having the flexibility of your work hours. Again, if you're in that sort of traditional employment that that has set hours, whether that is nine to five or night shift, whatever it might be, you're you're much more defined by someone else's schedule. Whereas when it's your own schedule and it's you're doing it whenever, you're I'll use a phrase that that that's that's someone uses quite a lot called your work style. If you're deciding what your work style is, and if that might not be traditional nine to five um, evening shifts, whatever it is, then you then might need to plan when you do your ordinarily, not ordinary day to day stuff. That's very like true. Like you say, um, if you let's let's use the nine to five example. If you've got a nine to five, you know that you get home at six o'clock, and therefore you can do your errands as of six o'clock in the evening. And you know that you've got to do the washing, the ironing, the cleaning, whatever it might be, in the evenings or at the weekends. But if you're self-employed and you work evenings and weekends, you need to then sort of reprogram that 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 week schedule and think, okay, I, I've got to do my cleaning at Tuesday at ten o'clock in the morning. So it's 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 sort of it might be common sense to a lot of people, but it is organising the out-of-work things to make your work life easier because you don't want to be trying to fit in. You think, oh, I have to do the hoovering on a Saturday morning, but I've also got clients at nine o'clock. So 
how do I do the hoovering before my clients? And it's like, no, let's let's just recalibrate and and come up with a different solution and move that, shuffle that around and be flexible. That's the point of freelancing and social, uh, and, and self-employment is that you can be flexible. Yeah, and, and I think that it's, there is a lot of guilt that comes with that. It's not easy. I especially don't find it easy. If I know I'm working on a Saturday, I find it quite easy to have Friday off for example, yeah. um, I always feel guilty. Um, but we really do need to just change the the way that we think about freelancing. It's not the same as being employed. You just need to roll with it and try not to, I don't know, I guess just let guilt take over and end up working all the hours and not, and not have any time to yourself. Moving on, um, just before we get into the big topics, I'd also like to say that something that I find really helpful is to commit to a place to keep my ideas. So for example, I tend to keep all of my ideas in in a diary type notebook and stick to that one place. I have found over the years that I've flitted from having the, my ideas on my phone, having them in a diary, having them in a notebook. And if you've got them in loads of different places, it becomes just annoyingly time consuming to, to find things when you when you need them so that's just a little tip that it might, might seem quite obvious but I think that it can help if you're just starting out I guess that segues into what what programs you could use and and management tools um, so again in the sort of creative world having a project management software seems to be the thing that you have to do and it's as soon as you start to show some interest online that you are a freelance or self-employed, you'll probably get bombarded with with adverts and targeted ads for these platforms, for these management tools, the likes of teamwork.com, monday.com, Trello. Um, Slack. Sl- uh, Slack's slightly different because it's not a project management tool, but oh yeah, I think the the you'll get you'll get almost told that you should have. A, an online cloud-based solution that manages your projects and although that will work for a lot of people and it is good for a lot of people like you said for you a notepad is the way to do that and yes you have there's 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 negatives to notepads that you might forget it or you you need to it's might be in the office and you're downstairs and you want to see it and it means you've got to go and get it or whatever it might be um, whereas online you can always access it as long as you've got a device but what we found is that having these these tools that are super complicated and really well thought about and and deep in depth tools they're almost too much for us um writing one line in a notepad is all you need as a prompt for that project or that task whereas some of these tools require titles descriptions due dates budget requirements allocated hours and it just sometimes it's too much and you over manage and I'd also be interested to know, actually, whether um, whether or not other industries. I know this is very prominent in in our industry, create creative industry. But I'd be interested to know if there are other people who are so reliant on these platforms. And just in case you're not, to give you an idea of what they are, they are all. I mean, let's let's take Monday.com for example. It basically is like an online diary, but it 
gives you prompts it, it will alert you if you've gone over on a job it will allow you to move a job from say in progress to complete if you're working as part of a team you can add team members in there so they all know what you're up to as well um it's it's just basically an online version of your diary that more people can get involved in yeah and, and this isn't um necessarily relevant but these tools are vital in a team environment in a remote certainly in remote team environments back of the days where you had big whiteboards on the wall and you could write you'd have columns effectively these things are just online columns like you say that you'll have a backlog a to do an in progress a complete an in review column and you'll move jobs or tasks into each column that's what these tools are doing and they do sell themselves as tools for interior designers or for building contractors that want to manage their projects online and and, and remotely well i that actually has made me think because i do wonder if if people like building contractors for example use these tools because how great would it be if you're working on a massive building and you've got people coming in to do the plumbing to do the electrics to do all of the different parts to make the the building the work complete I mean, how great would it be to have that sort of tool for something like that? Yeah, and I assume there is probably some more industry-specific things that, like, yeah. the, the, a Gantt chart isn't um, isn't new. It's not something that that's it's been around forever, and sort of most big projects do require some sort of form of a Gantt chart. Which is, again, if you don't know what a Gantt chart is, it's just milestones and tasks put into a a graphical way to show how a, a project will move along a timeline so it's like a it's like a bar chart effectively um with 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 tasks and project dates on it i think that anyone could benefit and if you haven't ever tried one of these these things before you can get free trials and things like that and they're not particularly expensive i don't think to if you did want to sign up but i think it's if you haven't tried one before and you feel that you're struggling a little bit to keep on top of everything, it's definitely worth giving it a go. I think I can't think of an industry that it wouldn't work in. Even if you're just an individual, having all of your information about what you're up to, what you what what tasks you've got going on, your pipeline. Yeah, the um, way the way that I've done it in the past is I've got my my way that I'm comfortable with. I've got a notepad that that I'm I'm comfortable. I, I feel like I'm on top of things. I'm good with that. But it's always good to look at alternatives and ways to improve. So alongside having your notepads and the way that, because you don't want to disappoint or let down existing clients. So keep your notepad, keep the way that you're you're happy and confident and then try and transfer that or duplicate that into one of these online platforms or, or whatever you decide to go down or vice versa. If you're using an online platform and you want to try out using a notepad, um, just have them side by side for a week or two weeks like say use utilize a free trial they normally have seven 14 day trials just utilize that run it alongside it and see what you actually prefer and and see if again for us these platforms were over managing our work we were spending more time inputting data into a into a, um, a bit of software than actually doing the task itself I would find that I would have a really quick change or amendment to something. I would try and put that into my project <laughs> management tool and it would actually take longer inputting all the data and all the information and all the due dates and tags and everything than it would be just to get the, the, the amendment done. So me just scribbling one line in my notepad 
takes 10 seconds and it's all it is is that prompt for me to go oh yeah i need to get that done or i need to respond to that email whereas putting it into a a, a trello board or a, a, a monday.com or asana just took too long so but trial it just sit it alongside what you're currently doing and then see what fits best and what works for you and that takes us i guess quite neatly on to slack um if you're in our industries then you'll know what slack is you'll probably be bored of hearing about slack but i don't think it's that common in other industries so i'm just going to give you a bit of an idea about what it is um really it's like whatsapp it's an online um messaging tool where you can speak to different team members uh, we have got a Slack between us. In fact, we mainly speak on Slack when we're not together, which is probably might seem quite weird for people who've never heard of it before. But I also have about four or five different, uh, what are they called? They the call them workspaces. Workspaces. So each client that I work with has a workspace and you can keep them all within one app. So I can easily flick between my workspaces to speak to different clients. And I've got some, some of my workspaces have got upward of 500 people on there. Others have only got 10. It just depends on what client I'm working with. But it's a really, really easy way to communicate with people. Um, I imagine if you work, if you're employed, you'd probably have some version of this tool to speak internally with people. Uh, but... If you're working as part of a team, really, if you're working on your own and you don't really have to communicate with any other three freelancers or any other workers, then I'd say there's not really much point in getting it. But if you do have to work or speak to other freelancers on a regular basis and you kind of want to move away from people WhatsApping you, I still find WhatsApp to be <coughs> quite personal and I don't really want to blur those lines. So Slack is very work for me and WhatsApp is personal. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. I was going to say it's it's not any different to WhatsApp, but it, it just differentiates your your work life and your, your personal life. And I think that is quite an important tool. Like you say, when we're not together, but we're in work hours effectively we tend to message each other on slack rather than on WhatsApp. just because we're on there as well i guess and it is that as well and 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 it's not you don't always want your phone going off especially if you are on client sites or um trying to work you don't always want your phone buzzing with whatsapp messages and having to pick your phone up and send it etc whereas slack it's it's you've already got it open you're using it for other bits and pieces so it's quite a nice way to do it uh they they offer free plans and paid plans as well, but that's just depending on your need. And I think like, even if you're not an industry um, that necessarily needs sort of an online communication tool, I still think it's quite a nice way to separate it from WhatsApp. Like when you were just talking, I thought like a salon, for example, a salon might be made up of 10, 15 self-employed hairdressers, beauticians, that don't necessarily need to talk to each other digitally whilst they're in the salon because you'd like to think they're they're, they're only 10, 10 feet away from each other so they can talk. But to have, if you, it's kind of like a, an old school intranet. If you've got an announcement or the salon's closed or a road near the salon's shut and you can't get through or someone's birthday's coming up, then I guess having a Slack channel for the salon full of all the freelancers is quite a nice platform to separate it from the WhatsApp groups yeah. and because WhatsApp groups can become so overwhelming with 
with <laughs> as they just get more and more yeah and i think if you have even if another example i just thought of is if you are a gym owner and you need to communicate to your staff just things like that it's a lot of gym staff are freelancers so it's really quite handy to have something like that and like you said whatsapp has become very overwhelming um you get added into new groups every day and the last thing you want is to be added into more work groups because again it's blurring the lines between work your work time and your lifetime yeah whereas slack bridges that gap really yeah and slack keeps things out of inboxes as well because things like you say with a bunch of uh, people at a gym or, or or personal trainers then yes you could send a, a broadcast email to them all to let them know of something but why don't you just slack them it's a little bit more informal it's a bit quicker to respond it's it's a bit more instant um, so yeah it's a good tool it's, uh, it's it's been really useful for us and yeah we have a workspace just for the two of us and mm. it might seem nuts but it's it's free and it's easy to set up so why not um and they also have the ability to, I know this is a bit weird, but you can message yourself. And I treat that quite, if I need to make a quick note or a reminder for later and I don't have my notepad or whatever it might be, then I sometimes message myself. Um, and then you can obviously access that from anywhere that you're logged into Slack. Um, I use that, that mess, that channel, that, what do you call it, a thread between myself. I use that quite a lot for, for sending backups of things or if I copy and paste something I might just drop it in there quickly so again even if that's what you use it for then there's use there I do want to move on to inboxes and emails I just got one last well I have one more point as well okay you go I'll go first then you go or okay I'll go first um they also have channels and um basically what a channel is is just to give you an example of what James and I use our, our channels for we have things like if we're at the moment we're having our ensuite done so we've got a channel that says ensuite where we drop in all of the links that we need to buy and things like that we've got a channel for our podcast so if we ever have any ideas anything related to the podcast goes in this channel and what that means is that when you need to find something it is the easiest thing in the world because you just click on your channel and you know it's going to be in there. You can use the search feature to just find it within the channel. You can't do that on WhatsApp. You can't really do that anywhere else. So for me, yeah, I use that all good, the time. It's really handy. And say tidy. Um, what was yours? Mine was that Slack also, I've never really explored this option, but Slack does invite you or allow you to join bigger communities um i've looked into it before but i never really got around to it but there are for for me for example there's there's a there's a graphic design sort of community or a huge slack channel that might have thousand plus like facebook groups yeah kind of yeah like facebook groups um so it allows you to join them and then you might develop your own little community and find people that that you need and this comes back to the loneliness or working alone or that self-doubt that if you had a sounding board of other people then that might be a, a really useful tool and way to use slack absolutely and especially if you're new to freelancing or new to self-employment it's a good way to just meet people and figure out what's going on in the industry where you're probably fairly new in so I think that there are a lot of good uses of Slack. It's actually one of the tools that I've stuck or stuck with for the longest. So, 
Yeah, um, I just want to also, and it's and it's free as well, so it's sort of a no, it's a low risk barrier because there is a there's a temptation as well to overspend on these things. Certainly, when you start out, you think, like I said earlier, you get targeted with ads. You'll see things online, you'll read bits and pieces, you'll hear things, and you'll think, I've got to sign up to all of these tools, and I've got to create subscriptions to a lot of these things because most of them do have free versions, but they also do have paid. And it's very easy to get your monthly subscriptions above what they need to be very, like, it is It is easy. Um, just as an example, for me, I, I pay for cloud storage, so Google Drive, I pay for my Adobe subscription. I could pay, pay for a project management tool and they're roughly about £10 a month. Um, you could pay for a premium version of Slack you could pay for your accounting software. I know we're gonna get onto that later, but all of a sudden, I've got five subscriptions, say they're 20 pound each, roughly average. I'm, I'm already at 100 pound a month before I've even started. So really evaluate what you think you need and what you'll get the most return on investment or benefit from. Like I say, if, if a notepad is fine for you, then a notepad costs 10 pound off Amazon, for a whole year and you're done for the year so just think about that and it is the whole subscription model is is something that's really easy to slip into and it, it makes it feel oh it's only five dollars oh it's only ten dollars whatever it might be but just be careful that all of a sudden you could be spending 50 60 100 pound a month on things that you don't really need so just 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 be really mindful of that and make the use of the free versions or the the trials to make sure that it is going to actually benefit you in the long run definitely let's now talk about emails uh -huh. i think that you've probably got quite a lot to add to this topic but i wanted to talk about inbox zero which is a it's like a, a, a phrase that has been spoken about quite a lot recently i've read quite a few articles about how you should have zero unread messages no it goes deeper than oh. that it's you should have zero emails in your inbox. Delete them all after you've dealt with them. Um, that well, seems people, crazy. People do it differently. They either organise them into folders, and that could just be simply like a folder that's like done or replied or whatever it might be, or delete them once you've. But I think deleting is is not a that good seems, idea yeah. because you always need to refer back to emails. But I think the folder structure is what a lot of people strive. For, they either have like bills or they have a, a, a folder for each client which they'll put the, 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 the email into once they've dealt with it or whatever it is. But so the main idea of Inbox Zero then is to have zero messages within your main inbox? Yes. Okay. Now, I firstly, I'd like, I think, don't put any pressure on yourself to do this because it's another one. It's like all of these different programs. I think sometimes you can over manage yourself and just end up feeling overwhelmed by trying to do this sort of thing. However, if it is something that you think that you would like to give a go, I have, I, I, I have some tips on what I do because I never have any, I never have any read, uh, unread emails in my inbox, but I do keep them in there. I like to make sure that I, I'm either replying or dealing with every email that comes into my inbox within 24 hours, but I'm not then, but I don't put them into folders and I don't delete them unless they're, they're spam. 
my tips for this would be and also let me add before that that this this is not just relevant to an email inbox you might be a small business that deals a lot on Facebook Messenger. You might be somebody who gets a lot of client calls and people that you have to reply to. Um, I know my brother, for example, who is a golf coach, he has to deal with a lot of calls from people booking in lessons. So whatever that, that may be, I think that these tips will help you. Um, the first one I would say is that no messages should go undealt with for over 24 hours. Would you agree with that? Yeah, it's obviously it's nice in principle, but it can be harder in, in real life because things do get missed and, and slip through the net. Yeah, and weekends don't... I, I wouldn't say weekends count in that unless you do work primarily weekends, of course. I think what I've tried to get better at is even if you don't have a an answer or you've done the work for that particular person or client, I like to even just acknowledge the email and just reply to them and say... I've got it or sorry I'm not going to get around to that today um, but it, just to let them know that you're you're thinking about it and you've seen the email and it's, it's given a bit of transparency as well and I think people appreciate that even if you might let them down in terms of time frames or getting things done you're at least just sort of being honest and just saying look I, I've had a crazy couple of days I'll try and get around to this at the end of the week or I tried to get this done before the weekend it didn't happen I'll do it first thing next week just a little bit of transparency is always good it's better think about it from being on the other side of it and just if you send a message or an email or a Facebook message whatever it might be if you were just to get completely ignored you'd just get frustrated and you'd you'd think oh, have they even got it why are they not responding how easy it is whereas even if you get a, a slightly disappointing reply at least it's a reply and it, you can then plan your schedule around that that response i could not agree with that more especially as a freelance writer because i send out pitches for articles quite often and it there is nothing more frustrating than just not getting a reply from an editor because even if it's a no that's fine i can deal with a no but i then have to wait and i have to keep chasing up and i have to write it down i have to keep remembering to ask them again and sometimes I just wish that someone would send me a two-letter reply saying no. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't care if it seems harsh. I just need to know so I can tick it off and move on or send it to a different editor, send the idea to a different editor. It is just, it really is common courtesy to reply. And I know I'm also guilty of, of not doing that all the time and I want to get better at it. But yeah, I mean, I think if you can, then it's, it's helpful. Yeah, I think, uh, I know this might seem a bit wishy-washy but again with your inbox and your emails manage it how it works for you because people you can spend so much time stressing and over managing things that you end up either don't feel like doing it or don't doing it at all because you feel overwhelmed you think oh i've got to get back down to inbox zero and i've got to set up all these folders and i've got to be super organized and as soon as an email comes in i've got to move it and do this and do that and i think no just just really try and find a system that works for you and Unfortunately, you will get it wrong and you will fail and you will miss emails and you'll, 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 you'll have people chasing you or whatever it might be. But that's just part of the process of learning. Yeah. Um, for me, just to give you what I do, and again, it's, it's not necessarily correct, but it's just what I do, is I, so I'm predominantly an Apple user. I use iPhone and Maps primarily. So 
they have the ability to to easily flag an email. So when I when an email comes in, I flag it if I know that I need to respond to it, and then that almost segregates my emails that I need to deal with. So I have in my flag folder there might be twenty or thirty emails that I know that I need to either do the job or that's relevant to a project that I'm working on at the moment. So I utilize the flagging system quite a lot. Whereas I don't, I am not a flagger and we have got a joint email account for our skincare business may array and I'm I I like to leave my mine on unread until I've dealt with them and James likes to flag them so we have a bit of a battle because I if if they if I see that the inbox hasn't got anything in it I assume that there's nothing for me to do um whereas if he sees that the flagging hasn't got anything in it then he assumes that there's nothing for him to do so for I guess you just have to yeah find something that suits you and hope that the the whole, the whole people, all the people you're working with agree with you. Um, yeah, and the other thing that I've, I've just a bit of um, something that I've found over the years is a plugin for Apple Mail called um, Mail Butler. Um, so this is something I do pay for on a monthly basis. I think it's around seven pound, um, um, seven pound a month. So it's not a lot, but for me, I found that it's worth that that cost. So what this does, it allows me to schedule sent emails um, and I know you can do this directly on the Gmail web app but I don't use that so that's kind of irrelevant it makes it gives me the ability to schedule emails so why I like that is because if someone sends me an email I'm best at just replying to that straight away otherwise I can forget about it so I reply to it straight away but I'll put a delay on on, on when that is actually sent out so either to manage expectations or to to not seem too keen or to whatever there's lots of different reasons why I do that and it differs per email to per client or whatever it is but I find that I deal with it straight away but I don't necessarily send it straight away because it's sometimes a little bit strategic certainly in the sales process I find that you don't want to like I say seem too keen and reply to things straight away and be almost not busy enough that you're sitting waiting for emails Mm. Um, so it is a little bit of smoke and mirrors and you could say that's a little bit dishonest and it's a bit uh, there's, there's not much integrity but no, I think I, it's I disagree I don't I think, think it's just part yeah. of the process that you do have to go through at some times that you might not want to see a, or show a client that you're working on their project at 11 o'clock at night when it's I don't know there's there's just lots of different things that sometimes I think to be able to pick the time that you that the email is sent is quite powerful um, and it can resonate. It could just be as simple as, for example, for me, I if I'm sending a, out a pitch to somebody, I like them to get it into their inbox at a certain time. I know, so say if I know an editor is going to be around at a certain time, if I know they're most likely to respond to my emails at eight o'clock in the morning or five o'clock in the evening, if I just think that there are there are numerous reasons why it's quite handy to be able to schedule. Yeah, emails. you just it's just being smart. Um, and and the other thing it allows you to do is it, they call it snoozing emails. And I know like I think Outlook might have these built in and things, but Apple Mail doesn't. So that's why I've had to pay for this additional plugin. Um, so it gives you the ability. So if an email comes in, you can I think they snooze it for a set period of time. So again, if you're fully immersed in something or you're recording a podcast and you don't want to be distracted you might just snooze that email and then it re-notifies you at that time which is quite nice again if if an email 
you could set periods that between 6 p.m. and 10 p.m. none of your emails come through because you that's family time or that's that's downtime that you don't want to see emails popping in and the notifications popping up so yeah you can set these rules that mean that those emails will then re-notify you when you're back at your desk or when you're willing to accept those things so i think it's just it's it's super simple a lot of platforms do have it already built in but it's something that i benefit from and it's a way that i help i i, I help myself to manage emails is mail butler does mail butler have reader seats as well yes that's quite a, a handy thing to have especially if you're sending out pitches like me or if you're sending out sales documents you're trying to get new work it's always nice to know whether the person on the other end has actually read it well i i, I, I yes but i don't always like that they that you know that it's almost too much information because then if they don't reply you think why have they not replied or yeah I they read so. that two hours ago why have they not responded to me or whatever it is so it's true it, it is good in some respect but um it's almost you don't you don't necessarily need that So to sum up this area then, um, I would say when a, a message comes into your inbox that you is spammy or it's a, a an old, I don't know, something from marketing from a shop that you don't use anymore, either delete or unsubscribe if you don't want to receive them anymore and unsubscribe immediately. Don't think, oh, I don't really don't like those emails. Why do I keep getting them? And then do nothing about it. Um, I find that has really kept my inbox under control because sometimes you can just end up subscribing to loads of different rubbish if you're in a certain mood and then being like, Ugh, why is all, where is all this coming from? So that's a handy tip. Um, reply to emails where you've only got to send a quick reply. You can do that straight away if you've got the time and then either mark as unread or flag emails to respond within 24 hours or... As James said, you could use Mail Butler to schedule your emails to go at a certain time. Yeah, I think I think the overall thing for me is that I'm best when I just reply straight away um, when it's fresh. Whether it, whether that's possible because you might have to actually do something in order to reply. But if it just does require a reply, um, I think it's best to do that straight away. And therefore, that's when these scheduling things can come into place. And I wish these things were possible on message and Facebook Messenger and WhatsApp as well because in the same sort of instance that you'll read something and you don't necessarily want to reply straight away but you you almost want to just box it and just get it ticked off the list so you don't have to reply later so I wish I wish that on WhatsApp how good would that be yeah I've always thought that a text message scheduling thing would be awesome to be able to respond to someone and and I know a lot of people a lot of freelancers get quote requests or work requests through message um through text messages and it's like oh can you can you call me on monday to to set up to come around for a quote or something like that and it'd be nice just to be able to respond to that on on the sunday and sort of but they don't actually get it until the monday so that they can see that clear defined that you are not working yeah um i i do think we have got time to just speak about accounting yeah, I think that's important quickly. because that's that is something that can it's you have to stay organized with it because it can become so overwhelming very very quickly. It's certainly if you're not an accountant or have that background. Um, if neither of us are our accountants, mathematicians, we don't I'm absolutely terrible. We don't right? enjoy that process, so you have to stay on top of it 
and it's best to spend a little bit of time frequently to keep on top of that rather than wait until January 31st and having a huge panic and having to do your self-assessment and your tax return. So I think, yeah, accounting software is huge. Yeah, and and not stockpiling invoices. Um, I think when you're busy and you don't enjoy it, like these are the, the, the things that is probably the least thing that is the least enjoyable part of my job i will often think someone will say oh yeah send me an invoice and i'll think oh see i absolutely love sending invoices i mean it's great to send invoices yeah well depends if they pay you or not but i think that it is yeah it's great sending invoices but the actual process i don't enjoy and i don't find it that easy i always have to ask you questions i i when i started off freelancing i was on it on QuickBooks I loved QuickBooks and you've since moved over to Zero. and because we both have um all of our freelance work coming into one account we now both use Zero, and I don't love it honestly yeah you do right it's just, it, yeah it's just it's just a tool um they're all very similar just QuickBooks was was my was my thing I think yeah. I found it easier and just yeah just if you don't know what these tools are they are just a bookkeeping software that they record your transactions your your they hook up to your bank account so they can recognize what's been spent and what's been received and you can also send invoices purchase orders etc etc out of out of quickbooks or zero or uh, there must be hundreds of others that i can't think of right now um and they do tend to have a paid subscription to them but i think this is one of those things that is worth spending the money on well i don't know how you would manage to do it if you didn't would you keep a spreadsheet yeah i think spreadsheets and and or paying in a bookkeeper separately so unless you're willing to dive into excel and have something super organized in there i think these tools are just worth the 15 pound a month or whatever they might be the amount of time um, you save they is save so, so much worth time. it um certainly when you when you're you're doing your self-assessment and it's something you, you don't want to get wrong as well because of the legalities of tax and tax returns it's you don't want to take that chance of winging it as such you need it to be done professionally you need it to be done properly and you need to make sure the numbers are all correct and legal yeah so just to give you an idea of what we do our process we do have an accountant and i i think as somebody who has when i started off i did do it all by myself and i think that really you need to have an accountant if you don't know what you're doing i did manage but it's not that easy um what we do is regularly input everything into zero we keep up to date with all the transactions that go through our bank account we put our invoices what's great is if you put an invoice in there it will link up to your bank account and then just automatically net it off when you've been paid so you don't actually have to do anything after that point um and there's a lot of automations within these tools as well to chase invoices and to send payment reminders to people and things like that because that's ultimately that's what we, what's why we're doing this we need to get paid we need invoices to be settled and and it's again it's so easy for companies to we could talk about not getting paid for people love not paying freelancers yeah well, it's their favorite that, thing to do thinking that that invoice can can go further down the pile they'd rather pay their big corporate suppliers than pay the the individuals that they don't actually realize that that invoice pays that person's mortgage or rent for the months or their childcare or whatever it might be so i think 
getting paid is obviously the sort of one of the hardest but things that you have to stay on top of and you have to be organized and these Cause people will try and get away oh, with it course. if they can if of you're course. not on top of it they'll just be like mm, well maybe i'll just never pay them of course and and, and it is and it's it, these tools make it super easy to to chase these people to send statements to they you can set up reminders that after three days after seven days after 14 days after 30 days they get different reminders or emails to to pay um, and I think it's just reducing those barriers to payment and to try and get that money in the door because don't add it to another stress that you've got that you've got to start chasing people or, or oh have, has that person paid has that person not paid and it's it can be one of those awkward things certainly if you're if you're very B to C and you're working closely with with consumers and, and individuals that you don't want to it can be awkward asking for money and it can be awkward if you're chasing money and things. So it's good And especially to... if you've left it for a really long time without yeah. realising. Yeah, so it's good to stay on top of these things. And um, and I think it's just, it's so important that you don't just leave it and put it to the bottom of the pile. And like you say, even, even if you're sending invoices at the end of each month, if you've finished a work project on the first or the second and they don't get their invoice to the 30th, then that could be... That that's not great at times as well. Like we we recently had a plumber come round and he fixed a leak, and their policy was that they sent all of their batched invoices at the end of the month by the post as well. So for example, the the guy came over and did the work on say the fourth or the fifth of the month. We didn't then get the invoice for that job until about the fourth or the fifth of the following month. Yeah, and we completely forgot about it. Well, I even. I even text the guy that, that did it and I said, oh, have you forgotten to invoice me? Like, you need to, I haven't paid you any money. But that's just the way that they did it. But I think for me, that was sort of a bad experience because... Um, it was too long. It was too long. We waited sort of 30 plus days just to get the invoice. And then that, I guess it's just however your business runs and however you're comfortable in running. Um, but I don't, I don't think, I think that was too long because... I'd almost forgotten about the job and I'd forgotten about the service and I was, it, it was sort of left my mind. I think point. whilst you should keep yourself as a priority and do what you feel comfortable, do also consider where where the invoice is going and how your clients are going to feel about receiving it. So if you leave it for 30 days, think, well, actually they're going to have forgotten about it by then. What about their cash flow as well? Yeah. It's best to just get it out as soon as possible because also then you get paid as soon as possible. Yeah, I think uh, coming back around to the organisation is is set this out in your terms of business or your the way that you work early on so that you feel comfortable and confident with your process, um, whether that is taking a, a 10% deposit and then you might take... 50% at a certain agreed milestone then you take the remaining 40% once it's complete or or if you you might just take 100% once the work's complete or you might want 100% up front just be organize that early early on in your freelance career so that you feel comfortable and I think people will respect whatever you choose to do um, obviously you might get a little bit more kickback if you say that you want 100% before you've even delivered anything certainly if you're starting out and you don't have that reputation um, for me I I tend to do 100% once the project's complete and yes you take a risk that that your your wait you might be waiting on the, the client to, 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 to 
to get you to a certain milestone so you can invoice um, but that's just the way that I like to do it because I like to say right here's all your work here's everything that we agreed on now pay me there's no excuse for you not to pay me now whereas I don't like the the potential ambu- ambu- ambiguity. ambiguity I have that word in my head as well um, of not hitting a milestone or not completing as much as they you thought before you asking for money and I think that's quite a for me I feel in a power I think it's a it's a confidence and it's a position of power to say you've got everything that we agreed on you're happy you're done I've given you everything now it's time for you to pay me and I feel confident that if that person doesn't pay me in a certain amount of time then I can get a little bit pushy with the payment because I go look we did that project a month ago you should be paying me now or we did that project six weeks ago you should be paying me now and I feel a bit more confident rather than um taking that money halfway through or at the beginning or whatever so that's but that's just personal that's just that's just me that's how I like to work it's being organized it's being organized and it's just being confident in your own process and I that's again it's part of my internal process that once I've completed the project I then log into zero I've put the the hours I've done up etc etc I've put the, the agreed the agreed fees and then send the invoices so yeah that's good well, good. I'm glad we managed to fit that in because I think that's important as well. It is important, yeah, because money can be an awkward, difficult topic. And certainly if you're not from an accounting background or a finances background, then it can you can think, oh, it really stressed me out how I'm going to get paid this month or how I'm going to invoice my clients, etc. So Definitely. I think a software is a good use of that. And that is it. We managed to go... Do the yeah, I feel like we, we had to about. we had to fly through it a little bit, and maybe we'll dive into deeper Each. yeah, topic perhaps definitely. another point um, because it's something that I do enjoy. I do enjoy staying organised and setting up what's like digital infrastructure. I've like we said, we've done ten years plus of of trialing Google Drive versus Dropbox versus Box versus Microsoft OneDrive. So. I feel like I've got a good knowledge base on what... You can do that podcast on yeah. your own. <laughs> but just all of these things like Slack versus Skype versus um, Facebook Teams or I can't remember, I don't think they call it Facebook Teams anymore. But these there's lots of different things that I feel like we've tried and either liked or disliked. So hopefully we've given you some insights into that this week and feel free to ask any questions as well. James will be happy to answer. answer. (laughs) Um, Now let's just do the quick fire round and then we can wrap it up. Yeah. Have you bought anything this week? Um, I'm not much of a buyer really, am I? I think this podcast is... You go more one big buy every once in a while, whereas I'm more little buys, I think. I think this podcast has taught me that I don't really buy. Let's talk about subscriptions. Um, Like I said before there's certain subscriptions that I'm happy to pay for and I do buy them every month um, what's your favourite? what's my favourite? I don't know if I have a favourite but um, I'm the Adobe subscription I, I need that um, it's I guess it's a bit of a rubbish one really it's but, a bit essential for you but really it's very essential so mine we'll is mine is not work related but it's life related and it's the Aesop rinse free hand wash <laughs> Um, because you know coronavirus and I am going to do a blog post on the best hand washes and hand sanitizers Um, my blog is caroline-allen.com and I will I'll link it below because 
I think that there is a lot of talk around hand sanitizers and how actually they're not that great for you. So I'm going to do a roundup of the ones that you can rely on to not infiltrate your skin. <laughs> um, so that's my buy. My self-care this week is about mindless tasks. So for our skincare business may array i've been doing a lot of just wrapping and packaging and just all of the really mindless stuff that sometimes you'll you you need to do but sometimes your brain really needs so i can listen to a podcast while i'm doing it it's not something that i have to give too much brain power to um sometimes i just think you need days like that you're still getting stuff done but yeah i think just mindlessly yeah, that, come, that comes from always being on as well yeah because we're we're in a generation where you're always on, you're always being stimulated, you're always having to think about work, having to think about your hobby. It just, there's, we're, we're, we're definitely moving away from having a lot more chill time, a lot more downtime. Um, so I think it is important to have that, like you say, mindless. Mindless stuff. Mindless stuff where you can just turn off and you can just switch off. Do you have a self-care tip for the week or no? Um, well, I think we're doing a bit of work on our house at the moment, so it comes back around to the organisation, and it is keeping things tidy in chaos. Yeah, <laughs> I know that's a bit of a weird thing, but it's when you've got work being done, and whether that's yourself doing it or someone else, having dust sheets down, masking tape everywhere, paint brushes, paint pots, and things. It's easy for you to just be like, "Oh well, the house is a state. I'm just going to let it." I'm just going to stop putting my clothes in the wardrobe or I'm just going to stop hoovering or I'm just going to let toothpaste just sit on the side. And I think it's important to still try to keep your house or your 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 living environment as tidy as possible, even if you are going through mess and chaos because it keeps your mind a little bit clearer. Agreed, definitely agreed on that one. Um, watch this week, I think I will add in um, to all the boys. I love before two. I really enjoyed I really enjoyed the books I didn't enjoy the second film as much as I enjoyed the first film but I wanted to give it a mention anyway because it's still a nice feel-good film if you want a bit of just chill don't have to worry about it don't have to think about it too much um yeah that's mine nice and I have been listening to a podcast called Office Ladies yes I love this and it's basically two of the actresses from the US office um uh, Angela Kinsley and Jenna Fisher yes who play Pam and Angela they are re-watching episode by episode the the office that they starred in and they're giving sort of behind the scenes little bits of trivia bits of uh, insights into what happened whilst they were filming and I think that's a really cool way of doing it because it's it's like watching the director's cut on a DVD extra but in a podcast form and it's it's they're quite funny they're, they've got good stories they talk about Steve Carell really well and how how these people what they're like in real life as well um, they have interviews with other other members other, of the yeah, office as well don't they it's it's made me want to watch episode by episode whilst they're talking about it because they're talking about season one episode four and I might not have watched that for six months a year or whatever so let's face it it's probably only a week <laughs> considering that's all we ever watch so um no it's been that's, it's good fun and it's quite it's quite sort of light-hearted and easy going so it's a good podcast if you are into the office the u.s office and my final one is read i'm halfway through listening actually uh, on audible to speaking of good subscriptions audible is one of mine i am halfway through 
listening to Grown Ups by Marianne Keys, and it is fantastic as always. Her books are always amazing. I'm a big fan of her writing, and actually, this is probably one of my favourites so far. So it's just new out. I think it came out last month. So give it a read if you're into her. And that's it. Excellent. We're done. Cool. I hope we help you stay organised and yeah, stay on top so. of things because that's that's ultimately what you need to do. Just make sure you stay on top of things and don't let the pile of of jobs to just get crazy because being a freelancer self-employed you've got so much to do and so much to to think of and look after because you don't have the relevant teams that can support you on that so um you've got to stay on top of things you've got to stay organized so just make it work for you find the tools and the platforms and whether that is just a notepad or the notes app on your phone just keep it simple just just don't over manage and don't get drawn into you've got to do it this way because the way that works for someone else, the way that works for us might not be the way that works for you. Agreed. Well said. So yeah, I hope you enjoyed it. Please give us uh, five star ratings. Please share it with any other freelancers or self-employed people that you think might enjoy the podcast and we will see you next week. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to Outsourced. 